0: Talk New York sports with us. 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit superbook.com. Sal, we got it back on the band. I
2: told you the Yankees were going to go on a run here. It's been two straight now after losing four in a row, getting swept by the Red Sox. After losing to the Mets, and now all of a sudden two straight, and and you know, I feel like it felt like going into this homestand. This is going to be one of those stretches, a typical Yankee stretch, where they go win eight of ten games. Just when everybody's starting to count them out and doubt them again, and get frustrated with what's going on, they're going to go on an eight, to, you know, eight out of ten or nine of twelve or whatever it may be here. Uh, over the course of the next couple of weeks. And you look at the schedule after this week, it softens up with the A's and then the Cardinals, two of the worst teams in all of Major League Baseball. So, I mean, that plays a part in it. But you see the Yankees even last night, you know, on paper, Luis Castillo versus Johnny Brito, that would favor the Mariners. And you look at the Yankee lineup, they haven't been hitting as it is. Who's going to get a hit in that lineup off of Castillo? Well, in comes Jake Bowers. In comes Billy McKinney. Those guys do the damage with a couple of home runs. Volpe out of the home run as well. Yanks win it 4 2. And, you know, their second straight win behind Brito, a strong effort from him. And they at least start to, you know, get back to their winning ways here in anticipation of maybe getting healthier at some point, whether it's Carlos Rodon, whether it's Aaron Judge. And we expect it to be after the All Star break for both of those guys. But prior to that, you know, the Yankees can go on a nice little run here. Especially with this stretch here at home. And again, going for the sweep later on tonight against the Mariners. Texas then comes in for the weekend. But you take it on the weak teams with the A's and, and Cardinals after that and, and see what they could do against the Orioles and Cubbies to close out the first half of the season going to the All Star break. But the Yankees, when even when they're down, even when they're bad, it's nowhere near as bad as other teams' bad, you know, like the Mets. And the Mets aren't even worthy of a discussion. I know we'll have it because that's what we do. We talk about sports. We vent. We're frustrated. You call. You yell. You complain. I understand it. But it's been the same story with the Mets. Sloppy play. Bad starting pitching. No accountability. Being soft. Something's wrong in that clubhouse. I firmly believe that. So a little bit of everything there that's gone wrong for the Mets this year. Hard to believe, actually, that they're that bad. You know, the Mets are 34-40, and 40, a low-water mark, six games under 500 on the year. If they were 40-34, and 34, it would be bad. Not bad, but it would be a problem. Man, only six games over? What are they doing? What's wrong with this team? So imagine how much worse it is now. And they're getting to a point where, you know, you start to go six games under, seven games under. You get to 10 games under 500. People will get fired. I mean, I don't care if Steve Cohen says he's not going to blow up. You can't get this team with those expectations, with that talent, with that payroll. You can't get to, you know, I, I know you say, what's the difference? Six, ten, well, four games. And double digits sounds a lot worse. You could make an argument for of being six games under. When Once you get to ten games under, you're screwed. Like, officially screwed. I don't know if it's going to be Hefner or hitting coaches or what, but something's got to change. The Mets can't keep running the same thing back out there. I'm not calling for that to be the case right now, but if it continues like this and nobody says anything, and the Mets themselves don't take accountability, there's got to be some kind of change. 877-337-6666. Louis is calling from Somerset, New Jersey. What's up, Louis? Hey, what's going on, sir?
3: How are you, Louie? All right, all right, all right. You leaving us, man? What's up with that? Nah, I'm just playing. No, listen, <laughs> um, real quick, um, dude. Real happy for you, man. It's it's um, you deserve it, man. You put in you put in your time, brother. You put in your time. You Thank know, you. it's about time. It's about time that you know they look your way. And I honestly, I think you're gonna make. I think you like people really gonna know who Shalaka is now because um, of that prime time hour that you're gonna be at. You know, you're gonna have all the more listeners and everything like
2: that. Well, that's uh, the goal. And, I mean, I mean, think about it. You, you're following the number one show in the country as far as sports talk goes with Boomer and Gio. Yeah, that, that's the goal is to not have a drop off there. And yeah, you. I mean, a, a bigger platform, much bigger audience, a, a bigger chance to, to make a mark. So I'm, I'm excited for it.
3: Well, the, the the thing is this, right? You know your sports, right? And and what I love about you is that you're. Because of your job, you know you're gonna call it how it is, whether it's your team, whatever, whatever team it is. So because of that, you know it's you know how to do, you know how to set aside being a fanatic and understanding your job. So that's why you know you're definitely going to get success. You know what's another great thing for you, man? Primetime pizza hour too, man. You're gonna be you're gonna be up doing prime time pizza hour when they're baking some good pie.
2: No, I didn't think about right. that because usually you don't want uh, Louis during the week. I eat healthy. I'm not going to be ordering pizza or stuff like maybe for the for the crew or whatever, but not for me. I can't eat that stuff and then go out there and perform. I got work to do. When I get home, definitely on the weekend, definitely, but during the weekend it's just not my thing. I, I'm hey, trying to job, lose bro. weight and, and stay in shape. I can't be eating pizza during uh, you know the middays. Oh, once,
3: once, what, 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 hey, listen, once in a while you can.
2: Yeah. Maybe. Don't tempt me, Louis. I'm weak when it comes to that.
3: No, I'm not tempting you, but I'm just saying, once in a while, listen, man, one thing I, I like, I played sports my whole life. I was always fit. And then, like, in my 30s, I, 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 I ruptured an Achilles playing basketball, mm.
4: and it just went downhill
3: from there, man. It's like, I just didn't find, like, basketball, as an adult, basketball was just where I had a lot of fun, and it just, it was exercising, and I didn't realize it. But real quick, a couple of points. Al. Um, so, I want to ask, what do you think about that Porzingis trade? Um, because I think it's phenomenal um, for 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 Boston, man. Like it's it's, it's that's, Wow, man. I think like, it's I, good.
2: I think it's good for both Boston and Memphis. I love the addition for Memphis, I think, a team that needs some toughness. Now, the John Morant stuff aside, Marcus Smart is a winning player. And in the playoffs, you know, you've, you've seen what he could do with Boston over the years. I think Memphis needs that. They have skill. They could use that toughness and those winning type and, plays for Marcus and, Smart.
3: And they're, lo- they're, losing, they're losing Dylan. I mean, he doesn't compare to Marcus, Marcus Smart. But Dylan had that toughness, that edge that Marcus Smart has. But he knows how to play with it, and he, he he's not a clown.
1: Um, right, so,
2: exactly. Right? Where Dylan Brooks became it became a laughing stock. So they were, they're exactly. they're upgrading there, and with oh, Porzingis to the Celtics, I wish it was. I wish Porzingis was coming back to the Knicks. I think he fills a, oh. a, a void for them. You know, a so big who we, could stretch the floor and shoot. I think he's going to be terrific with Boston.
3: So me and my boy were huge. You know, I'm a I'm a huge, huge Knicks fan. About a month and a half ago. That's what we were talking about. Yo, the Knicks should do something to bring Porzingis back. Bring them back. Bring them back. Bring them back. And I mean, it just hasn't materialized. The other, the other quick point that I was gonna say was, it's crazy that you know, like, so this, this is the difference between like Mets fans and Yankee fans, right? For the most part, yeah, we're frustrated, you know, with, with, with. With Cashman, I, I'm not because me personally, I mean, when you look at the man's resume, and I know you can't live in the past in sports, but when you look at the man's resume, I mean, he it, it speaks for itself, you know. Is I just 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 when it comes to sports, guys have egos, and some guys don't know how to let those egos go. And then when you when you've succeeded at this sport with this franchise, you're gonna have some type of an ego. So I'm pretty sure has that so that he doesn't want to admit to his, um, his mistakes lately. But what I was going to say is, so the difference is this, right, that for the most part, we're Yankee fans. We're, like, the season is not over for us. Like, we won't say the season is over maybe, like, if, if, if we're really, like, out of it in September. That's when we're going to say, all right, it's over. You know, right, but, Because it's uh... never
2: over. Because it's never over for you, Louis, and thank you for the call. The Yankees, in a bad, like we said, it, a bad year. A bad year. Fire Bo and fire Cashman. They win 92 games and make the playoffs. That'd be a great year for the Mets. So there are different levels of expectation and standards that have been set. That's what makes this Mets season so disappointing. The fact that they're coming off of a great season, 101-1 year, and we're thinking that because of Steve Cohen – the Mets are you know, going to be a team now that could have some sustained success. And I thought worst case this year, the Mets would be a playoff team. Ah, you know what? Worst case, things go wrong. They'll sneak in on one of the wild cards. Expanded postseason, highest payroll, 101 wins last year. How could they not make the playoffs? And here we are. It's the same pattern. 2006, the Ascension. And it turns out that, that was the peak of that run as they fell off a cliff toward the end of 07 and never recovered 08 and obviously on through you know 09 and beyond until 2015. Then they had that quick climb to the World Series and then slowly back down, wild card, and then out. And then last year, built back up and now back down. The peaks and valleys with this team are torture. The Yankees don't have that. Now, I know the Yankees haven't won uh, you know, or been to a World Series since 2009, but it's just a matter of time. They're in the playoffs every year. Matter of fact, I think it's this year. I really do. I still do. I didn't give up hope after they lost four in a row. I said they're going on a run like the Yankees typically do. This team is actually predictable if you pay attention to it. Even when it feels like they're bad, even when they roll out lineups that other teams, you know, they roll out lineups that would make the A's blush. Willie Calhoun, Jake Bowers, Billy McKinney, what team is this? And yet they win. Remarkable. Matt is calling from Delaware. What's up, Matt?
5: Hey, what's going on, Sal? Hey, I want to say thank you for keeping me up at night. While I'm driving, and I appreciate you, man. Appreciate you. And congratulations on the move.
2: Thank you. I appreciate you too, Matt. Thank you.
5: I I wanted to tell you that I found you on the overnights when I used to drive, and you were on the uh, CBS side. I wanted to tell you also that I'm that guy that tweets you all the time about horse racing and stuff like that, and I want to thank you for giving me that one-name horse that won that the Kentucky Derby a couple years ago.
2: Uh, which you don't remember the name of it? I forget which one it was.
5: I, I I can't forget, but like I tweeted you and I asked you about it, and you said, "Hey, take this horse." I did. You want me a ton of money, and I appreciate you, man. Thank yeah, you. and I'm
2: mad at my. I'm glad you remember that, Matt. And I'm mad at myself for this year's Derby because I was close. It was another one name horse, but I didn't pick it on the air. I picked the wrong one. But it was another. I forget even who won this year. But anyway, I, it was another yeah, one-name horse. Yeah. But you know, I
5: wanted to tell you, Sal, that you know everything that you do is great, and I see greatness, and I've, I've noticed that every time that I listen to you, you make me laugh, and that's one of the things that I really appreciate about you. And like I said, your callers are great. You know, Hector, I follow Hector, and, you know, he's great. I listen to his stuff, and it it rubs off on me. And like I said, I really appreciate you and what you do. And like I said, man, you're funny as hell. And let me <laughs> tell you, my wife, I, I, even, I even have to give some of the stuff that you say on the radio to my wife. And she laughs, and she said, oh, my God. And I tell you, the stuff that you talk about your wife, My
2: wife says, oh, he would never get away with that. Yeah, well, I mean, who's to say say I would get away with it if my wife actually heard it? And thanks for the call, Matt. And I do appreciate the kind words. You know, that's going to be the toughest thing. People saying, ooh, what's going to be the challenge? Is it a bigger audience following Boomer and Geo? How are you guys going to keep up on during the day with more people listening? Do you feel the pressure working with Brandon Tierney? How's that going to be? Are you worried about that dynamic? No, I'm not worried about any of that stuff. I'm worried about saying something that's going to get me in trouble with my wife. She might be listening. I know she's not listening during these hours. I let it fly. And chances are, and I know there are some people listening that, you know, maybe friends of friends, that word gets back to her eventually. So far, I've been pretty good. Two years, no big issues. And there are times... Matter of fact, I think it was the other day. and There are times where I'm saying something and all of a sudden my phone was ringing. I was like, oh this can't be good. Maybe she got, you know, she got word. But no, all good. But I know during the day, well, there's a good chance if my wife isn't listening, somebody else that she knows, a friend of a friend, and then it gets back to her. Oh, I can't believe Sal said that. Truth be told, I let my wife know the deal early on with this. Look, this is radio, and I reference Howard Stern. She's like, I don't want to talk about that pig, and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, why are you talking about Howard Stern? You ever seen the movie Private Parts? Come on. Greatest movie ever. I let her know that I talk about my life. That's it. And she's a part of my life, at least for now. If you don't like it, And we could do something about that. Now, all kidding aside, she has been very supportive. And she's probably happier about this switch than me. Although, you know, it's not like I'm going to be home all day long. It's still, you know, especially with the commute, you factor that in. So I'm not exactly going to be home when she would like me to be home. But it's going to be better than uh, the alternative doing the overnights. Beggars can't be choosers, honey. And as I said the other day on um, with Carlin Roberts, look, my first love was the fan. I've been in love with the fan since the 90s. I've, only, I've met my wife since 2015. Got to understand. I've been at this for 20 years. Six years, 20 years. You tell me where the investment is. But all kidding aside, she's, you know, very supportive of everything. And I get that if you hear it and you don't know me or you don't know my wife or the dynamic, you think, Oh my God, I can't believe he said that. And yeah, some of the stuff I'm sure she would, she would be, uh, not too thrilled about, but that's me. And she married me. I didn't force it. She married me. She knows the deal. Eric is calling from Ron Conkrum. What's up, Eric? Oh,
6: uh, that's so funny. And, uh, and yeah, you know, I haven't had the pleasure yet of meeting your wife, but, uh, you know that I can certainly. You know, like I mentioned last week, when when my uh, uh, my wife heard you there in the daytime, and she looked at me and she goes, She sounds like you." I'm like, and I'm married 24 years, almost 25. So, I mean, uh, if that's the case, then you're in for a long haul, which is great. So, but yeah. uh, you know, the uh, One I tell no. you, you know, he, <laughs> well, well, absolutely, that's all we could ask for. You know, uh, the, the back of the news day, I just dropped a bunch off the Seven Eleven. The, it's bit, the title says clueless and it shows uh uh you know one of the relief pitches just standing there you know i mean i'm watching parts of this game listening to other on the radio i i'm it, it's just so annoying the every time they the catch up or get a lead they give it right back you know the and yeah i mean there, there is a definite softness angle to this team and i'm, I'm and I'm saying I've been saying it for a while, but I mean after yesterday, I'm like, you know what? Enough of nothing. And I know, and you brought up a few minutes ago. I know Cohen said he's not figuring on blowing things up, but you know what? I'm sorry. Uh, someone like Hefner's got to go. I mean, it, it just, uh, and I don't like you know calling for someone's job, but something something needs to happen to this team where they they all of a sudden they're like, wait a minute, you know, now people are are being let go. Something, you know, a slap in the face. To you know, maybe that'll be you know what gets the team's attention because you know it's either it's either instructional or or you know a player's got to get benched or or something something significant has to happen for them to to wake up a, as a whole because what what's going on now is just not not cutting it and and you know like in Hefda's case my my thinking is look I, you know guys like Scherzer and Verland, you know they they don't really need you know, instructional. Anything from from Hefner? I'll be honest with you, but yeah, the, the
7: I'm,
2: I'm not sure the. Here. I, I, I'm not sure the dynamic with Hefner specifically, but you're right, Eric. Look, this is sports, right? It's not necessarily real life. I know it is real life, and it's people's jobs that understand it. But they're making a ton of money; right. they'll be fine. I mean, managers get fired all the time; it's part of it. They know the deal going in. Coaches get fired all the time; they'll be fine. I mean, it it, it does happen. Even and when it happens, successful. it it happens. During seasons like this, where you have the highest of expectations and you instead go out there and achieve the lowest of lows. So you you can't underperform to that level and not have ramifications. I, I don't know if that's going to happen. Um I'm getting the sense that people start to think that's gonna happen. I just don't know if Cohen's going to make some moves or not, and what those moves would be. And if they do make those right. moves, what that would solve. I really don't think it's going to solve anything other than throwing the fans a bone. Throw me a freaking bone here. And other than throwing the fans a bone, I don't know what that's going to do. Well, and I get that.
6: You know, I mean, and that's very possible. It might change nothing. You know, or it might, you know, maybe someone comes in, uh, who and, and forgive me, I forget the name of that pitching coach from uh, about three or four years ago, uh, the the one who was uh, about seventy nine eighty years old, who oh, actually yeah. did very well with yeah. them, um, you know. Sometimes some you know maybe someone comes in and, and sees something. Phil Regan that might be Phil you know,
2: Dave. I'm, Dave I'm, yes, Phil right, Regan. Yes, thank you, Phil, um, yeah,
6: Dave. You Regan. know maybe someone comes in and says, hey, you know what I'm noticing this because uh, I, I saw it during the Met game yesterday. There was a or actually it was a post game. Uh, I think it was Kazia uh, was talking about that. They, they showed a, uh, a side-by-side comparison with uh, with McGill from one side to the other, the differences. Were, and there was a clear difference in delivery. Uh, I, I didn't have the sound all the way up, so I wasn't sure which was the more recent one uh, successful-wise. But, uh, I mean, you can definitely see a difference in delivery. Maybe someone comes in and, and, and can get Peterson and McGill on the right track or or keep uh, Carrasco uh Uh, Consistent or or even uh, Denga, but you know, looks. All all I know is is this. I mean, the six games under five hundred right now. Even if they were to win the next seven in a row, just throwing that out there, which puts them at the exact halfway point of the season, eighty-one games. Right? You're you're still saying, and this brings back to yesterday. Someone asked, you know, what's two parts of a, you know, uh, what's two parts of a whole? You know, uh, you get or you get two halves. What do you get? I mean, you would have to ask the Mets to go, I mean, like, well, I mean, that'd be another 81 games. I mean, they'd have to go like 50 and 31 at a minimum to even come close to sniffing the playoffs, I think, at that point.
2: I mean, I just yeah, don't I mean, see it. 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 It's a, it's a good point. Mathematically, you're starting to get to, and thank you for the call, Eric, as always. Mathematically, you're starting to get into a danger zone. Now, you can look at it and say, well, it's halfway there. Uh, you know, So they played half a season, meaning they have a half a season left. Why can't they just do the opposite of what they, do, uh, they did so far in the first half? Yeah, I mean, technically they could, but based on everything we've seen so far, why would you think that they would do that? Could and would are two different things. Based on everything we've seen, they're toast. I know they have talent, and on paper, you feel like, "Ah, at some point, they got to go on a run. The reality is they haven't been able to do it yet. It's not like they're not trying. It's not like they think, oh, you know what? We're just getting a feel for the season here, getting our feet wet a little bit. We're going to click sooner than later. And we're approaching July, and they still haven't gotten it going yet. And you're right. Mathematically, it's hard to imagine a team that's played 6-under to date is going to play 20 over the rest of the
1: way. Thank you.
0: We know what we think. What do you think? Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Now I got it back on the fan. 877-337-6666
2: is the number call. We've been talking some Yankees we've been talking some Mets whatever else is on your mind on this now Thursday morning as we go till 5 a.m. with a warm-up show with Al and Jerry Kristaps Porzingis gets traded to the Celtics so there was a blockbuster we mentioned that a little bit earlier on as well we wait for the Knicks to make a move at some point here during the NBA's offseason not going to be exciting with the draft at least we don't think so with the Knicks not having a pick uh, this year uh, certainly it'd be more exciting if they had a, a top pick but even a pick in the first round would be helpful but nonetheless it's still baseball season at least for one team in this town al is calling from atlantic city what's up al so uh
4: i'll be missing i'm um, a night person i really i'm gonna miss you at night but uh congratulations on the new on the new gig uh, you Thank made you, a al. statement last week I, I i i never thought i'd call uh to i have it the show in many years, but you said that Vogelback was one of the worst players or the worst Met. I'm sure the old Met fans from the '60s remember mark fromberry and I saw him play when I was young. This guy couldn't hit, he couldn't field, he couldn't run, and and he he was so bad people would go to the games to laugh at him. And w- one game he hit a triple. And the, Ernie Banks, the Cub shortstop, went to the ump. He said, You know, Dusty, to Dusty Bodgers, he missed second. Casey Stingle comes running out, the old manager, and, and Dusty Bodgers, the umpire, says, Casey, forget it. He also missed first. He missed first and second. So Casey Stingle said, "Oh, well, I know he didn't miss third. He's standing on the back. This guy was the worst player.
2: Ever. Marvelous Marv Thornberry. Yeah, well, I didn't watch him play. I mean, it's no, a little course. bit before my time, Al. But I'll tell you this. Vogelback, who is actually hitting the baseball now, which is nice to see. You know, it makes it like, oh, wow, see, I told you he could do it. No, to me, it's, hey, you should have been doing this from the beginning. But he still is a horrible baseball player, and I would venture to say the worst baseball player in all of Major League Baseball, because you know what, Al? He doesn't play baseball. But well,
4: neither Marv Thornberry. At one time they asked the manager, he said, you know, it's his birthday. You're going to give him a cake in case he's single. So he'll probably drop it. People would come and to the game with, with shirts spelled V-R, spell his name backwards just to laugh at him.
2: Oh, I wonder if we could do that with Vogelback. And thank you for the call, Al, and for the kind words. We appreciate you checking in. I wonder if they could do that with Vogelback. And by the way, even with Vogelback being as awful as he is and him actually starting to get it going now, which is nice. But, it was, and I've said this all along, much like Darren Ruff, it's irrelevant. Those guys are irrelevant. Without Lindor, Marte, Scherzer, Verlander, McNeil, without those guys doing their job, it doesn't matter what Daniel Vogelback is doing. But you want to talk about uh, somebody worse and go back to the 60s? That's what the overnights are for. Al is calling from Mayapack. What's up, Al? Yeah, thank you, Sal. Good luck to
8: you. I like listening to you for one reason. You give this you, both sides. No matter what it is, you call it as it is. Good luck to you um, with the daytime and everything else. But um,
1: yeah, thank Buck you, was
8: Buck was passed over. You're welcome. Buck was passed over for Joe Torre, who built the dynasty. But he did something. I don't know what it was. And I think he, he needs to, Buck what he needs to do is have a one-on-one with his, with his men. Not not everybody together at group meeting. Just tell him put right down a pad exactly what it is each guy is complaining about. And McNeil, if you bought, if you promised to buy me a car and you didn't buy it, that's gonna be there for, forever. And uh, I really appreciate, good luck to you. Um, you and the other thing is I wanna say is the Yankees had, uh, when they played in Boston, it, there's two things that happened. I didn't know that Jermon started the game. I said to my friend, why is this guy in there? Well, you know what, my son played, played ball. I wasn't a ball player, but I watched the coach. And every time on the field, he'd yell from the sideline, where's the play, where's the play, where's the play? He wouldn't have had the pitcher, you know, doing what he's doing because they would be telling him what to do. He'd be listening. And, and Embraer, was at the end of the game, he's standing there doing circles. Why is, he, why is he walking in circles? Because why? Why? He didn't know where to do. It. He didn't know what to do. He wasn't playing. He wasn't playing as a team player. Didn't know. And the last thing is, they've been an IKF to pitch. Why are they saying, why has he been IKFing? He's one of your best players. You bring the worst guy in. and Let him lob the ball in. I don't well, because I-, I-,
2: I think at that point it's insignificant, Al. IKF is a guy who's done it before. His arm, is-
8: his arm is valuable, Sal. His arm is yeah. valuable.
2: It- but, is no, though- think about
8: it. He's-, he's trying to show throw strikes. What-, what if he threw his arm out? Okay, just as a yeah, well- I-, I know nothing. All I'm saying is what I see.
2: If he threw his arm out, and thank you for the call and for the kind words out, if he threw his arm out, the Yankees would be down a bench player. I mean, IKF's a bench player. How many worse guys on the Yankees are there than IKF? And I'm not trying to knock him. I'm just saying when you, you go pretty far down the pecking order when you get to IKF. You're down there. Where are we at, 22, 23 on the roster? You're not going to go with a pitcher, so that eliminates 13 right there. Well, where are you going to go? As far as importance goes, I mean, you say, oh, wow, you can't have IKF pitch. you got to go with a position player that's worthless. Well, I mean, you, you're, you're there with IKF. Not that he's worthless, because he's not. He's done a nice job as a role player off the bench, but I'm not going to go nuts having him pitch. Jim is calling from Haverstraw. Jim, good morning.
7: Hey, Salami. How you doing, bud? Good, Jim. How are you? I'm well, thank you. So, listen, you have another problem you don't really know about. Um, I called and talked to BT uh, uh, this afternoon, and he's got no idea what VPR is. So I don't know if you guys have talked to each other, you know. Off, you know he doesn't know what
2: VPR
7: is? No, and no. You, you have to give him some homework because he's lost. I, he really didn't know. I said, how, how, do, how do you not know? I said, don't you watch the Housewives because of Tiki and stuff? He said I, he was genuine. And it was, this was over the, you know, the air or whatever. He goes, I have no idea. I said, oh, boy, South can have problems with you.
2: Wow. And we'll have to help him. We'll have to educate him on that one. I mean, if you're not watching yeah. Vanderpump Rules or the New Jersey Housewives, you're missing out. This, this is what I'm saying.
7: Also, um, and, I, and I was thinking about this because I, I worked nights for a while, uh, you know, back and forth. Um, and, it, and it and it's good, right? And it's, it's definitely a lot better. You're going to love it. But, man, you're going to get back into the traffic and, and – the, the, you know, the everyday kind of grind, man. there is going to be times where you are, you know, white, white fisted around the steering wheel, and I, I don't, uh, I don't think it's going to be good, pal. It's not good. Yeah, I like well, the
2: well, look, I, I understand. I mean, I, I understand that that's coming, and I am trying to figure out a way around that, or the best way to deal with the new hours. Like this is a life changing, uh, change, I guess. What? Allow myself yep. to introduce myself. This is a life-changing thing for me here, so i got to figure out a way to commute now around it because that is the... T- Look, first of all, on Long Island right now, and it was even in, in Newsday the other day, there's no good time to commute from Long Island no, to the city. No. There's no good time to do it. It used to be, oh, I can leave at 2 o'clock and get there, no problem. That is not the case anymore. So there's never a good time. But I know this, leaving at 7 or 8 to get into the city by 10 o'clock is that's the worst time you could possibly leave anywhere from six to 10 o'clock
7: it's 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 the worst time right the bottleneck coming from long island and i will tell you though here in the real world during the day they do start working from home now because of the pandemic and i know you have the ability to do it but i don't think that's going to work with bt because i think no no that's
2: those days are also over which i'm excited about as well and thank you for the kind words jim and for the call uh, I'm excited to get back to going in the studio regularly and to be in the studio during the day. Like, you have to understand for me, somebody who grew up, you know, at the fan, grew, you know, going there uh, when we were back in Astoria and then getting, you know, you work part time, whatever, you're working weekends, nights, then you get hired full time. And now, you know, I'm behind the scenes, whether it's producing for Steve Summers, which was my first full time job, or being on the board for Mike and the Mad Dog, and then eventually Mike, you're there during the day. Like, you're a part of it. And you're you're there with the action. You see everybody. You I I haven't had that feeling since you know since I got fired back in 2010 as a uh part of that Mike and the Mad Dog show. And then when I came back a couple of years later, it was as a part-time overnight nighttime fill-in host. I'm not seeing anybody. So other than when I would fill in occasionally over the years, I'm I'm not part of it. I miss out, even though I'm a full-timer and hired and and all that stuff back at the fan, I'm still, you miss out by not being there in the newsroom with everybody. That's what I miss the most. I love that in Astoria. Now I'm going to get a chance to see Gio every day. See Jerry every day. I see Scos occasionally now anyway on the crossover. But, you know, see see everybody during the day. All the -the behind-the-scenes guys as well. There's life in the newsroom. Whereas opposed to, it's basically just me, Fleegs, and Marco on most nights on the overnight, which is fine, but it's just, it's different. So I'm looking forward to that. But I am not looking forward to the traffic. That's going to be a major issue that we're frantically trying to address now, my wife and I. She wants to move to Jersey. I don't know if, like, I don't want to move, period, because of the aggravation and hassle. Like, I look at, I've never moved from a house to a house. I've moved from a studio apartment or an apartment to a house. I've moved from a studio apartment to another apartment, then from an apartment to a house. A lot easier that way where you limited stuff. When you fill up a house with furniture and useless crap and all that stuff, what the hell are you going to do with it? God, packing all this stuff up, it makes me, I need two weeks off. The thought of it is overwhelming, but that's been a part of the process over the, or at least the thought process over the last couple of days, figuring out the best way to commute and every which way I slice it, none of them end up with being on Long Island because there's just no good way to do it.
0: Add WFAN to your contacts to talk New York sports with us at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com.
2: Sal Aikana back on the fan. Got about 10 minutes before the warm-up show with Al and Jerry. We'll finish up with your calls. Hector is calling from Washington Heights. Hector.
3: Yeah, Sal, what's going on, buddy?
2: You've, you've already honest. gotten two shout-outs tonight. People are trying to call and congratulate me. Meanwhile, well, they're praising you. What's going on here?
3: I, uh, no, I, did, I did hear, who was it, Matt, the last one? So well, thank you, buddy. I appreciate it, man. I don't know, Sal, but I see you're still here. I thought you'd be gone. What is
2: it? you leaving or what? you going to milk What do it. you mean? I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Oh. Next week, you, <laughs> got, you got me three more overnights next week, and that is that.
3: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, but no, so
2: one thing I did forget to mention last night, man.
3: Another thing that you've been great at, at least with me, and I know it's with other people, but you've helped us build friendships amongst ourselves, man. You know what I'm saying? And I, I appreciate that, too. Like, I've built a great friendship, even though half the time we're trying to kill ourselves, because we're so both so passionate and strong minded with Jack Upper West Side. I talk to Eric and Randy, Eric Roncock, and Randy and Queens almost every day, you know, and, and obviously Doug and Nicole, and and just another great thing that you've done. So thank you for that. So
2: wait, I started that because of that outing that we did? Well, the the thing with
3: Jack started just over the airwaves, he made a comment, I made a comment, blah, 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 blah.
9: Boom, friendship
3: built. Going out on the outing, yes, I, I exchange numbers with, with with Randy and
2: Eric and right. Okay, good. Right, so I'm bringing friend. people. Here. See, here's the. There's I this. Know, mess-
3: I know Randy and Rob talk all the time too. You know what I'm saying? So you you build you know that that friendship
2: and obviously there, the there's this. Room. It, 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 people misunderstand you know there's a perception out there that i yell at callers and oh look at you you loudmouth, you know calling people idiots and mourns which by the way i do but that's the minority and here i am a man of the people bringing this community together on the overnight creating friendships and it's great hector thank you for saying that
3: absolutely absolutely
2: but so now to the good stuff or the bad stuff so was, what
3: is it? June twenty second, first day of summer. Second, I don't even. I can't keep up. And we're already talking about only one team might be in the playoffs, and it's not our team, not my team. And that is disgusting. I don't. I don't care. The most pessimistic fan could not have predicted that this season could go this bad. And I heard a lot of people talking about, you know, there's going to be a regression. There's no way these guys can can do what they did last year. And that's okay. And I kept telling everyone, I don't care. I don't need them to go out there and win 101 wins because. That's what was needed last year. That's, and, you know, and it still wasn't enough, whatever. We don't know what is going to be this year. I just need them to be as good as they need to be this season. And obviously they're not even close to that. And I mentioned Jack, and, and I've heard a couple of guys calling, and you see, this Jeremy Heffler, dude, it's about time. I mean, listen, there's no way that this season can go, continue on the way that it's going, and be the status quo, and nobody answers for this. And yesterday's the first time I, like, I even heard this guy speak all season. and. Jack mentions it all the time with Tyler McGill, and somebody, I heard someone mention it before. Like, Haven't he not noticed that this guy's um, um, mechanics have changed, that his arms, that moved. That uh, It's like, yo, if people are watching the game at home and are noticing this stuff, you as the pitching coach, what are you doing? And where's the growth from this guy? Where's the growth from a McGill?
2: Where's the growth from a Peterson? Right. You know, who is, who is Jeremy Hefner made better? Name that starter that he's made better. Or bullpen guy. Drew Smith. Has no, but- Drew Smith gotten better? Some people want to give him credit for, for, for Edwin Diaz because he went out to Puerto Rico. Get he the hell out of here. Give him credit for Edwin Diaz. No chance. No yeah, that's what chance. I, Diaz was good I, I in Seattle.
3: Heard, I heard, oh, he has a good relationship with Senga. Like, like come on. Come on. Really? What are the results? What are the results? That's what's driving me crazy about Buck. Oh, he's okay. He's, you know, cause I know these guys are upset. We know they're upset. They better be upset. They better be upset.
5: But
3: where are the results already? We need results. I I can't go for the rest of the summer with this season being over. I can't do it, Sal.
2: Well, it's over. So you're going to have to, Hector, and thank you for the call. We appreciate the passion. It's over. You don't have to acknowledge that. You want to go to the games and enjoy yourself and hope. I can't lie to you or myself. It's over. You know it. But you can lie to yourself because you want to go to the games and pretend and enjoy it and hope that they're going to get back in it. The reality is it's over. Prove me wrong. I wish they would prove me wrong for once. In a good way. Meaning they proved me wrong last year in the worst way possible. Just one stinking game in Atlanta. Maury is calling from Belmore. What's up, Maury? First
10: of all, I was going to talk about the Mets and Yanks, but first I want to congratulate you. Nobody deserves a new spot better than you. You deserve it. You worked hard. You deserve it. I can't wait for you to say you can't handle the smoke, Brandon, which is going to be cool. (laughs) And then most of all, you are right now, stout. remember those days sitting in the car like bums knocking on your door? You don't have to deal with that anymore. Maybe a little traffic, but that's all right. Do you remember –
2: Yeah, you're right. I thought I was going to get robbed. Is that what you're talking about? Remember, I remember how
10: uh... nervous you were that night. You ended up driving home, I believe, right?
2: Well, I did. I got scared out of my wits. Yeah, guys came over to the car. I thought they were going to rob me. So, yeah, I got the hell out of there.
10: So don't worry about traffic. And one thing right now, and this is serious, you're in maximum leverage position. Get parking included. Get a moving situation. If you have to move to New Jersey, they pay for your maximum. Maximum yeah. leverage, you've got a few days left. They oh, announced yeah, this already. yeah, right. Let's go, my yeah. man. I want you to get, I want maybe a, a small apartment near the office just in case you have to stay. At yeah, It'll be absolutely. Throw
2: it all in. Right, exactly. Rouse right. every
10: Thursday at 3 p.m., you know, something like that, anything. Yeah. But listen, <laughs> yeah, seriously, right. no one deserves it more than you. You worked hard, you took your beatings, but now you're in control here. So now take control of, the, of the, that, that slot and make it win and beat the competition because I believe while taking calls at night, you're like a superhero by bringing people
2: together. It's unbelievable. You're well, I mean, I, I love the idea that callers, uh, you know, to this show uh, uh, met out there at the the outing we did and, uh, you know, come together and, and form a friendship. And I hear yeah. from them, whether it's on social media You're or via Max text. Maker. So it's nice. Well, look at me. I know I'm, do, I'm doing good with this with this time, Ori, and thank you for the call. I appreciate that. And I plan to do even more with the next time slot. Eddie is calling from Rockland. What's up, Eddie?
6: Hey Sally, congratulations, man! Thank you, you know, Eddie. Appreciate it. When I hear when I hear everybody congratulate BT, he doesn't sound like he's that happy. But <laughs> no. I don't. He, seem, he seems that,
2: happy to me. So.
6: Right, but as uh, dude, I go back to Pete Franklin days, the mid '80s and stuff, and uh, Spike is not really doing the lineup what i would have done is i would have just moved evan and evan and uh i think
2: we had a bad line there eddie i'm sorry you get back to us mitchell's calling from fort lee when you get back to us uh you know in two weeks uh, on the overnight mitchell's calling from fort lee new jersey what's up mitchell
9: good, good morning south south first of all congratulations i know i've already did it on the side but i uh, like you said that you really wanted uh, you know the overnights were tough for you and the family but now you got your wish and i uh, the best for you and the family. You'll be able to spend some more time with the family. That's number one. So that's that's great, Sal. You know, it, we, like you said, Sal, we built a friendship. Just not me, but all the calls that call overnight and talk to you and you always uh, give your opinion. It's been always great. I'm going to miss talking to you the last call you at there tonight before you get off there. But hopefully I'll get on during the daytime to call and say hi to you guys. So that's that's that's. The yeah, I mean, Mitchell, you, know, you and
2: I, have de- yeah, we've, we've developed a friendship, of course, That you were cleaning up my daughter's puke when she vomited in your car seat on the way home from the airport after our vacation. I'm, so how could we, I mean, forget, we have a special bond. I'll
9: never bond. forget that. I'll never forget that, Sal. I'll never forget <laughs> that. But uh, two, two things. You were talking about the Knicks, and I, don't, and I was just driving, I was thinking about this, so I'm driving a customer to the airport. I was thinking, you always said the Knicks need a shooter. If I don't know the salary cap what the Knicks have, but what happened? The Middleton decided from the Bucks decided not to take the forty million. What, what if the Knicks can afford him? What do you want him to be? Uh, to sign him, maybe if we can sign him. Wouldn't that be a nice uh, asset to the Knicks?
2: Uh, I mean, my primary goal right now for this team, Mitchell, will be to add shooting. So whatever the best available options, and I know, look, Draymond Green is out there potentially. I don't think that that's realistic for the Knicks, but we'll see. I need to look at all the possible options, not what if. I want to know what is. What are the options for this team? Porzingis, I thought, you know, while I didn't think it was realistic, I knew it was going to be available and he, to me, would have filled a, a great void that they have. So I'm disappointed that he's off the board. And I'm not expecting, Mitchell, big moves here. I mean, I'm not turning down a player like Middleton if he's available, of course, but they need shooting. That is the number one thing that this team lacks. It is clear as day they need shooters on this team.
9: Right, Sal, so, but he is available. He, he just, I just read on ESPN that he did, he declined the option for $40 million from from uh... – from Milwaukee I mean that he can shoot, man, when he's not injured. That guy can shoot. He can he can put up thirty right, night.
2: So, so bring him in. I know he's a little bit inconsistent, or at least when I saw him in the postseason, and thank you for the call, Mitchell. Appreciate you checking in and reliving some of our favorite memories together like that ride home. I'm out of post. any look, any good players that are available that the Knicks could afford or somehow figure out a way to get him here, do it. But the, the number one thing that they need it's been lacking for three years with well, the team that's made the playoffs two of those three years, shooting. They tried to fix it with Kemba Walker and Evan Fournier. That didn't work out. Obviously, Brunson's been a great addition, but they still need better shooting. Thanks to Rami helping out on the other side of the glass. Thanks to Fleegs, as always. Thanks to everybody who called and listened. I appreciate each and every one of you. Back again on Friday, filling in the afternoons with Keith McPherson. See you then. The warm-up show with Alan Jerry. That's next. Sports Radio,
9: 101.9 FM,
1: FM! WFN.